on today's episode. Homeless, living at a, on a couch at the bottom of an office. Welcome to the Iron Right Tattoo Podcast. You want to come out here? Who's Pierre? Eh? You never heard that before? Is this some meme? Uh, no, it's actually from Jimmy Fox show, and it became like a rap song intro. I need you to speak louder. <clears throat> it was from the Jamie Fox show. That's too loud. Damn, what are you doing? It was from the Jamie Fox show. Is okay, that that's good. Okay. Clicky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you press record? Yeah, we're already recording. Tight. Um, I'm just getting my breath ready because I just walked four feet, which means I'm out of breath because I'm fat. You're not fat. I am fat. Speak up. Damn. I'm fat. That's why I can't speak up. I'm going to just have to turn you up. Turn down for what? What happens if I turn the main all the way up? I feel like that doesn't change anything. I'm looking at the levels. Check. Check. I feel like everything just sounds quiet today. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the AC is kind of loud. Like I can hear it over the microphone. Check. 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 I think it would make editing a lot easier for me if we recorded it a tiny bit louder and then I just bring it down. Yeah. Just the levels. Okay. So cut everything before this right now. What's up? I saw it. Did. What'd you do this sorry. week? Ooh. I didn't take that back. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, on the way here, mm-hmm. I stopped at the Valero in Belton. Maybe I shouldn't be so specific. <laughs> Let me start that over. On the way here, I stopped at a gas station. <clears throat> and I was checked out by um, a female who I thought looked exactly like Argyle from Stranger Things Season 4. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. Was she like, hold on to your butt, bro chacho? Uh, no, no. Actually, if anything, she was kind of dismissive and rude. But I think it was just the hair. She had the hair. It's totally like not Argyle vibes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Weak vibes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up after I finished it. Yeah. Because I'd be like, what the heck is he talking about? Who's What's an argyle? Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, we are you talked trying to about. Say gargoyle? Is that what no. you're trying to say? Um, the other day, you actually told me what it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a pattern, like a sweater vest pattern is argyle. Um, I think it might even be like, you know the sweaters they're wearing on the cover of Step Brothers? Yeah. Like the diamonds? Yeah. You yeah. know? I think that. They're like cardigans or whatever? I think that's argyle. Or vests. Yeah. yeah. If it's you don't cool, know what man. Argyle is, I'm going to put it up on the screen right now. I got to start taking notes because I always say I'm going to put stuff up on the screen and then I forget to put it up on the screen. Notes. Um, yeah. I, I want to Google it. I want to show you what Argyle is. Argyle. Watch. It's just going to pull up a bunch of pictures of the dude from Stranger Things. See, this is why we need a Jamie, dude. We need someone that can be like, oh, pull that up. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, we got the That's TV our for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Thing, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so you did finish. Stranger Things. I got to find four, yeah. something well, else to watch. Well, you actually finished season one through four. Yeah. Because you were, like, way behind. Uh, in a matter of two and a half weeks. That's... That's pretty good. That's a pretty big flex. Mm-hmm. Especially season four of the episodes were mad long. Yeah, but... I mean, there I was only, like, what, like nine of them? But, like, I think each one was over an hour. Yeah, and the last hour, one was, like, two and a half about hours. About, like, an hour and 20 minutes. And then the second to last one was, like, an hour and 40. And then the last one's two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they release the second part That is after? the second part. Yeah, so okay. they released, like, episode one through seven. And then, like, a month later, hmm. they released episode eight and nine, which was, like, part two. Okay. Weird, weird. I don't, I don't know why they did that, but whatever. Do you think Eddie's gonna come back? I keep seeing. I that saw. Everywhere. Um, spoiler alert: If you have not watched Stranger Things season four and you want to, I would skip ahead like five minutes. Okay. Also, what are you doing? Chat. I've did it. <clears throat> I saw like a fan theory on TikTok. Okay. And the thought was Eddie is actually number. 13 or 14 like he was one of the kids because earlier on in the season when he's talking to Chrissy in that first episode Mm -hmm. he talks about how when he was younger he was gone for a while and he used to have a buzz cut which is why she might not like recognize him or whatever um and so the theory is that he used to actually be one of the kids also and because of that Vecna will save him in the Upside Down, and that's how they could, like, bring Eddie back because he's actually, like, one of the kids. There was also something else that, like, kind of correlates to that, that he would come back. Um, it's, like, D&D lore where he's, like, the Bat King or whatever, and he has those uh. bat tats, and he, like, overthrows Vecna. Like, he becomes the new... I wonder. Like, I wonder if they will, especially, like... uh because, you know, season five, obviously, it's probably currently in production. Yeah. But I think a lot of shows do that where, like, some, you know, they'll release a season and then mm-hmm. based on, like, popular opinion, they might have to go back, rewrite some stuff, change some stuff around. I wonder if, like, the overwhelmingly positive uh, reception that everyone had to Eddie, even if they weren't planning on bringing him yeah. back, I wonder if they're going to, like, try to. I now. sure hope so. Uh, I Everybody also liked Eddie. read that they're going back into like season one and two and editing some stuff because there was like some plot holes that didn't add up to season four. So they're just going to change it? Uh, it's just like little stuff, mm. like little bits of dialogue. That's weird. Um, they're just going to go back and like digitally paint Will's nails or something like that? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's... he's um, <clears throat> He's not my least favorite character. But He's got my least favorite haircut. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I wish. Got the Edgar thing going on. Because he was so important in uh, season one. Well, know? I mean, he's like, he's the whole plot in season one. Yeah. You know? Because the whole season one is basically just he's stuck in the upside down and they're trying to find him, right? Yeah. And what was it? He was literally in the backyard. Yeah, but he was like in the upside down. Yeah. You know what I mean? In his clubhouse. Yeah, because it wasn't he was the one that was like messing with the lights, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how he was communicating with yeah, his mom yeah. or whatever. So he was like technically in the house, just in in the anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
the uh, last week yeah. when we recorded. Wasn't planning on it, but you gave me this sweet. Oh yeah, I forgot you got a tat. T2 yeah. tat. Little little uh, little gap filler. Yeah, I don't know. I just you know because like you saw how I, I took the sharpie and traced mm-hmm. out the spot, and then I just stare at it for like ten minutes and try to figure out like what the shape is. So after I sat there and stared at it, I was like, man, a little little like hand doing a thumbs up. I was like, dang. T2, Man, dude. what's one of Nate's yeah. favorite movies? Oh, T2. What's the most iconic thumbs up yeah. in all of history, you know? And that's... T2. That movie's like a like a buddy movie when you think about it. Kind of, yeah, I can see that. Like uh, a buddy cop movie Between or John Connor and the T-800, yeah. you know? So... <clears throat> James Cameron does a lot of movies where it's like the relationship is like really like... That's like the whole plot line, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I think that's what Terminator, especially Terminator 2, is mm-hmm. really about. It's just about his relationship with John Connor. Yeah. Um, well, we got a pretty cool episode today. We do. We do. Uh, Caleb Kelly, my homie, good friend of mine. He's the warehouse manager at EE currently. Um, but <clears throat> he actually, he's like a lot more than that. Yeah. So, like, that's what he is now, and that's what I want to get into, because he used to actually, like, play in the bands with Granger and all that stuff, mm-hmm. too. So he's got some cool stories, like, from the road, you know what I mean, that kind of stuff. He played drums, right? Yeah. That's tight. Yeah. And, you know, I used to be a drummer, so so I got I got love for that, you know what I'm saying? I feel you. Feel me? I was also part of the rhythm section at one point. Mm. I don't know what that means. Not as important. A bass? Bass and drums go together. You can't together. just like try to put yourself sorry in there with the drums. Yeah, well, you know, it's always frontman drums. No, frontman guitar drums. If anything, backing it's, vocals. Now, nah, bass or drums are probably at the bottom of the list as far as like who gets recognition, just because they can't be out on the front of the stage like getting pictures taken and all that stuff. You know, it just really depends on the band, I guess. That's true. I think Blink is like the only one where the drummer was famous for being the drummer, you know? Well, yeah, he has a massive amount of talent. That and by and, him, uh, I mean Travis Barker. Who, this is going to make me sound really ignorant, but I don't know my classic rock quite as well. well who was the one armed? Was that Def Leppard? Uh, yeah, Def Leppard. Okay. I can't remember his name. And then me uh, from Rush, we'll see, that's Neil Pert. Thing. Neil Pert, yeah. 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 I think the one that gets shit on the most is Lars from Metallica. Because over time, like I think that's he's more been of, offbeat so many times. I think that's more of an attitude issue, though, right? Every yeah. time Metallica like something controversial pops up, it's yeah. always like Lars that's running his mouth, like the almost whole, every time. The whole Napster thing, you remember that? <clears throat> I do, man. And what's so funny to me is, have you seen the way Metallica has been conducting themselves on social media since Stranger Things came <laughs> yeah. out? It's like all this weird positivity and stuff, yeah, which is like the opposite of their whole brand, right? Like yeah. Their whole brand is like anger. They even had that album, Saint Anger, and they did that documentary where they're just like throwing Arguing chairs at each, at each other, other yeah. the whole time, yeah. But now like, because a lot of social media since um, Master of Puppets was on Stranger Things mm-hmm. is like, there's a lot of new, younger crowd that's like getting into Metallica, you know? So then you got like the old gatekeeper crowd. It's like, yeah. oh, you only like Metallica because Stranger Things. And then Metallica came out and was like, 
Metallica community has room for everyone, new and old. It's like, I don't care if you've been listening for 40 years or 40 minutes. Like, we, we accept everyone. I think the funniest meme I saw, like, after all that was the some kid saw me wearing a Metallica shirt and told me to uh, yeah. list three Stranger Things episodes. <laughs> Like that was good. That's good. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad they didn't pick something like Enter Sandman because I hate that song. It's so overdone. I well, g- and again, not to go into the spoilers, so we just won't say it in a spoilery way. But uh, it kind of had to be Master of Puppets because of the scene that it's used in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it needed energy the whole time. You know? Yeah. And Enter Sandman like starts too slow. It had. To, it had kind of had to be that one. I think they could have picked a couple different ones but they're more b-side songs so i think that one fits the best um <clears throat> mop mop i saw someone was complaining about it might have even been you what about like when that album was released versus when that episode takes place was i wasn't you complaining was about somebody it? on tiktok i wasn't complaining about it might have been somebody on tiktok but i think it's like cool like they chose that song and they know in in the, the thing, in the season, the thing that I'm talking about was like, oh, like that album only came out like three weeks before that episode supposedly took place. There's no way like he could have learned that song in that amount of time. No, I was like given that. that credit that like, oh, because he probably didn't have like a tablature book. Stop looking at me like that because mm. I would have gave a credit. I'm not complaining. I, feel I think like that's crawfishing tight. now. You know what that means. Crawfish backpedaling, yeah, because no, craw- crawfish walk backwards. No, I think it's swim. Backwards. I think it's tight. Like that's like a like it a is really tight. niche. Like it is tight. Leg. Yeah, I'll I'll give you. I'll uh I'll I'll concede. I'll concede that maybe I misunderstood your original. Stirred. <laughs> oh, now now we just gonna okay okay. <laughs> no. I'm gonna remember that, <laughs> Mister Speech Impediment. I'm gonna remember that. My 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 mama said. <laughs> uh, um, we you, actually uh, watched that this yeah, week, believe yeah. it or not. Do you know why alligators are so angry? Uh, because um, they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> that movie's so good. It's good. But they could But not, it comes from a time where you could yeah. get away with like those wacky characters mm-hmm. and make a good movie. Well, and then... Like oh, if they came out with Waterboy 2, it'd be awful. You know yeah. what I mean? Like comedy just isn't that anymore. We've discussed that before. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, um, yeah, so we got Caleb on today. Actually, me and my wife and uh, Caleb and Heidi, um, we went to Oscar's store earlier this week, had a good time. That was actually when I was like, dude, when are you going to be on the podcast? He was like, "Uh, yeah, like I'd be down. It's like, cool. We don't have a guest yet for Monday. (laughs) He was like, "Uh, yeah, I think I could swing it. I was like, dude, you're like the warehouse manager. Like you make your yeah. own schedule. He was like, "Well, I'm actually technically ahead of schedule." I was like, cool. I'll see you Monday, then. You know, <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna be cool. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to get too much into him or like my and his relationship because I'd rather save it for his interview. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's kind of neat how me and him met and became friends. So that that's cool too. Um, <clears throat> you got anything? Anything new that happened this week? Anything exciting? Anything you want to touch up on that's not Caleb related before we start that portion? Um, so I gave in to a really bad addiction I've had Ooh. since I was five. You did. I um, for that. 
So I had a really bad Wednesday because I was like really stressing out trying to get my son ready for school this year because he starts kindergarten this year. Yeah, and you straight up lost his birth certificate, right? I don't know where it was at. I brought it because I went to the Social Security office because I had to go get him a new Social Security card. It wouldn't take that yeah. anyway. I brought it back in. Thought I did. And we normally keep all the important stuff like in a like a drawer. Like yeah, yeah, you got like a file cabinet or yeah. like there's a drawer in Document the living room drawer. Yeah, where all the important stuff's at. So I was like stressing out and I was like, you know what? I need to get out of the house. I'm taking with me. Went to the game store because we went to the one in Temple. Like, I can't find his birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the game store. <laughs> Not like, oh, let's let's go to the county assessor or, you know, whoever's got this on file. Well, I didn't know what to do next and then. Like the go? next day. GameStop? Um, no, I went to Game Exchange in Ooh, okay. Cove. Um, and he really, you know how they sell like little like like candy and like knickknacks and like yeah. collectibles and stuff? But he they're was, like weird, like it'd be like a Zelda, yeah, Altoid tin, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Or like Sonic, whatever. Yeah. Um, I had an old Xbox One S that was like not being used at all. Uh-huh. Um, so I took that in and they gave me some money and I was like, you know what? I was looking at the games on Switch, and they had like Sonic, Mario, and I was like, maybe he'll like this. And then, don't in the back in my mind, bro, you've been talking about the Switch for weeks. Don't act like you were just in there and just randomly saw some games and started thinking. Don't, don't go there. I was already thinking about it on the drive. You need to be genuine and real with our audience. Look them in the face. Since the age of five, I've had a really bad addiction to catching pocket monsters. <laughs> and um, I'm going to just say it. Uh, Nintendo, stop making new Pokemon so I can stop buying the games. Pokemans. So bad. Dude. So you had to go pick up another Switch, even though you used to have one and you got rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then Pokemon came out. Well, that's and when I was working like, a really crappy well, job. Guess I got to go get a Switch again. <laughs> There's a, there's a new Pokemon game coming out at the end of this year. I just, I can't get there with you. Sorry. And it's, I, it's... I had that huge Pokemon addiction when I was a child. Then I became a man. Yeah, set aside childish things. It's like that. No, nah, I play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it also has I don't play to deal now. with call of duty being in a really crappy spot right now i think gaming in general is yeah. i mean there's solid games that are out they've just been out for so long that they've mm-hmm. kind of gotten stale but yeah. they're, they're not bad it's just like i've been playing this for two years i need something new you know i, I need them to drop the beta <coughs> or the alpha already i'm like i mean you can attest to the fact that like i don't even game anymore yeah i get lonely when i get home i'm sorry man i'm doing you're doing stuff. man shit, yeah, I and know. you can catch Pokemans, you know, in my bed as I'm crying. It's better than laying in your bed playing Call of Duty, crying with me in the party. <laughs> I had to listen to it. That's hard on me, Nate. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible friend <sighs> to yourself. You got to be a better friend to yourself. When was the last time you told yourself you were proud, huh? Damn, that's a good question. Do it right now. What are you proud of? What are you most proud of about yourself? Um, Give me your top three. I'm proud of being a good dad. That's good. I'm proud of that. A too. good person. And, um, man. It's tough, huh? Yeah, because those are pretty two 
well, good ones. Because what it goes back to is self-talk, right? How you I'm, talk about yourself in your head. I'm proud of myself for being more happy. Good. That's than a good I was Hold in a long time. I think that's something we all struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. And I would think so. Well, it the way you talk about yourself is the way that you will allow other people to talk about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to stop beating ourselves up more than we let would let someone else. Like you wouldn't let someone else talk crap about you. So why do you no. get to do it to yourself? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because so much, point. so much stems from that. You know, like your your mental attitude, like anxiety, depression, the state you keep your house in, how much you you know take care of your your body, all that kind of stuff can can literally be traced back to just how you talk about yourself in your head you know so uh i'm proud of um my work ethic okay it hasn't always been great but i'm working on like really sticking to the things that i say i'm gonna do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and seeing it through taking care of business i'm proud of that i'm really proud of who i am as a husband and a father um there was a lot of years of me having to put in some really hard work but I think, and that's not to say that I don't continue to have hard work to do, mm-hmm. but I think I'm a better husband and father right now than I've ever been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm proud of myself as a as a business owner. I think I go out of my way to make sure everybody here is taken care of and happy. You know? You do. So, yeah. So I'm proud of myself. I think I've been working hard. I'm proud of you. I'm proud. You've I'm proud of you. Hard. Thanks, buddy. I love um, you. Uh, <laughs> you want to smooch? Uh, no. Can you cut the camera off before I start bawling my eyes out, please? <laughs> and you know what? I'm proud of your son. Thank you. I love that kid. He's he a good kid. Cracks me up. You know. So goofy. He's got a lot of energy, but I think that's age appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most kids that age are gonna have a lot of energy. Uh, case in point, Caleb's son. He's the same age as your son. That kid cannot sit still. <laughs> and I'm going to talk to him about that today on the podcast. Love that kid. Awesome kid. Cannot sit still, you know? Kind of a lot like Luke, especially in like a stimulating or new environment, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know? And it doesn't help that you have Jabba. That's like his new obsession now. So it's like his new for the listeners that don't know, I have a pug named Jabba and Luke, Nathan's son is so obsessed with Jabba that when he is at his own home, nowhere near Jabba and has not seen Jabba in a week, he is still talking about Jabba. (laughs) I don't get it. So my (laughs) wife will send little videos and pictures and stuff to Nate to show to Luke that's literally just Java. And then he'll just be like, Java? Java? <laughs> it's so cute, but it's like. He will just walk around the house like this, like chasing Java. And Java's just running away from him. Yeah. Like, wants nothing to do. But it makes him so happy. <clears throat> it does. And I think that's. If Java walks in the room, whatever Luke is in the process of doing just like goes out the window. He'll yeah. just drop Legos on the floor and be like, Java? Java? <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. It's cool. I'm glad he has that, you know? Um, cool. We're, we're like 20, 25 minutes in. I think we can wrap up the intro and kind of start transitioning into the uh, 
interview portion of the podcast. Cool? Cool. What? No, I like how you're like, and we can transition into the podcast. Like you, uh, like, Actually, you want to know what happened? I what? had like a weird muscle twitch where like my <laughs> eye wouldn't open. And I did like a triple blink. So it looked like I was doing like a weird, but really it was like, it was like uh, my eyelids had a stutter for a minute. That's how I would describe it. I thought you were, uh, you know, I thought Vecna was in the room for Come a on. second. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> All right, tight. And we could have turned it into a found footage movie. Dang, we that still can. Tight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. Caleb. What's going on? What's up, brother? What's up? All right. Caleb Blank Kelly. I don't know your middle name. Sorry. Joseph. Joseph. Oh. Yeah. Is it like, that was really Amish the way you did that. It was Irish. I think you were going for Irish. But <laughs> <laughs> was, that's not what I got. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's good to know I have a really good uh, Amish accent. Yeah. Yeah. Just try to do Irish and people will buy it for sure. Um, <clears throat> cool. So, uh, we have not known each other super long, um, but I think it's interesting how we came to know each other because it, it was kind of happenstance, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you're scrolling Instagram, and you have this selfish ambition of finding yourself a tattooer and disguising it as a yee tattoo shop relationship. That but is 100% what it was. Yeah, yeah. But you knew deep down that you just wanted a personal tattooer, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I had said, I had said uh, to my wife for years, I wish I just had a really good, like just flippantly, yeah. selfishly, I wish I had a really good friend who was a tattoo artist. Yeah, and you just happened to be in this cool position because of who you know, where you work, that you were like, oh, I can make it a company thing. Yes. Wink, wink. Right? Yes. It was just like anybody with tattoos, you want to get more people to get tattoos. Yeah. And because you love it. So. So, uh, so, so we are currently sitting in Iron Right Tattoo in Killeen, mm-hmm. Texas. We have a second location in Georgetown, and it's literally right up the road from the warehouse. Yep. The it is farm, right. right? Um, <clears throat> so you're scrolling Instagram. Walk, yeah. Walk me through it. Well, I was like, uh, Yee Day was coming up, and uh, along with these selfish wanna wanna, you know, like start a relationship with a tattoo shop because I, I love being at tattoo shops. I love getting tattoos. Yeah, and it's, it's the culture. Yeah, yeah, and for for me, at least for me, it's easier to talk to people, anybody with a shared interest. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And Yee Day's coming up, and we have all these different people that are coming up. Influencers you, uh, for people that might not know. Yee as a company, like, and it, can you kind of yeah touch base on that? So Ye- people that might not know Yee Day is so. yeah Yee Apparel is the apparel company um, for Granger Smith, who's a country musician and pretty pretty well known one at that yeah <laughs> and a great dude and yeah. uh, I started that relationship off 
playing drums for him. Okay. And didn't know him until the audition, really. Mm. And then did the audition, played with him for a while, and then got off the road, uh, and we stayed, remained friends. He's to this day, he's one of my best friends. He's just yeah, good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's By just, all accounts, I don't think I've heard a single negative thing about him. He's he's just a he's just a fantastic dude. He's he's salt of the earth, and so he started T Apparel. Yep, they it was Granger Smith uh, Apparel, and then um, after Earl came along, mm. Yee Yee started. Yeah. And then Yee Apparel, and then now, um, it's just it's which was such a good move, right? Yeah, I don't think Granger Smith Apparel, even with his name attached, would have been anywhere near as successful as Yee. Just even like the name, you know, like it's created a culture. It really was when they did the video because what we we used to do, we used to drive in the van, and we would we would stop at these we would stop at these toll booths and like I would be driving and like talk to the toll person or whatever. And Granger would stick his head around my shoulder and do the Earl voice asking (laughs) the people like how far till whatever. And it was just, you know, it's Earl. So like imagine Earl popping his head up and just talking to you and like, it doesn't make any sense. You don't know what he's saying, but they'd, you know, they'd go along with it and it was funny. So Earl and Granger are, not two different people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Spoiler yeah. alert. I've we never. Had, I mean, I've never seen him in the same room. At the yeah, same time. <laughs> we had one guy who started working with us, and two weeks later, he goes, he goes, Caleb, I just found out that Earl and Granger are the same person. I was like, no dude, you way. work here. Yeah, it's it's, and it happens all the time. People, that, like, the shoulder chat. Okay, okay, okay. It just I'll shows try. how good. So it is. Granger, famous country singer, starts Yee mm-hmm. Yee has a once a year. Day, yeah, that is like an of... influencer event, right? Mm-hmm. Like pretty much everyone that is in like the outdoors lifestyle, kind of just redneck country people, you yep. know what I mean? But also happen to be like famous on the internet. We'll all get yeah. together on this one day. Yeah, okay. we'll gather at the farm and we just kind of do some stuff. We have yeah. mudding. Um, you know, there's like a, a lot of other things that we do. And they'll come in and uh, I wanted to bring in a tattoo artist and you told me you were initially kind of met with a little bit of resistance because i'm assuming everyone at EE, you guys will kind of get together and have meetings where you pitch ideas and let's do this let's do that right yeah we'll have meetings ahead of EE day and um and they, the one thing that the the smith boys uh granger tyler and parker they take input from everybody okay and, and yeah, they're, they're very like open a, to that kind of stuff not a uh Demo- well, I guess it would be a dictatorship. Democracy. Yeah, dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're very open to ideas. Thank God, because um, I bring like seventy-two ideas to them a week. Yeah. And maybe maybe three are okay. Yeah. But they, this was one where I was just like, I really think it would be awesome to have a tattoo artist come in and be available during Yee Day. And uh, so was it a mixed bag of who was on board and who was against it, or was it like you know what I mean? Like, it was more. It was more like what uh, was the initial like. You know, feedback. The to initial, <laughs> to be honest with you, the the initial reaction was was very much. Uh, s- sometimes when I bring ideas, and it's like, sure, Caleb, yeah, we'll pat, a, pat on the back. Yeah. That sounds like a yeah, good we'll idea. Put it on the fridge. Yeah, bud. you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, once I, I kept going, they they know that I, um, if I keep going on something, they at least have to kind of mildly entertain it. Like, yeah. All right. Well, almost like a benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's just do it yeah. to make him happy. But yeah. Let's let's but listen. Let's case, hear him out because they are they're like my brothers. Like, let's yeah. hear him out. 
And, but in uh, this case, it went really well. Yeah, and it it was uh, even up to Yee Day. There was skepticism, not not uh, not hard, like not nefarious or not. Yeah, they weren't being mean. But it just was like, just like, oh, I don't know how many people are at, would actually get tattooed yeah. at an event, right? One, like, one person was like, I think. What do you think? Like one person? Yeah. And I was like, no, I think. Now that was from from because there's a there's a it's a big uh, collage of people at Yee. Yee. Yeah. So the people who didn't have tattoos were thinking it might not go over yeah, that well. Right. Or not not that it's going to be a failure, but it just might not be as big of a draw. For sure. But I think that's that's human nature. Yeah. We all make the mistake of, oh, if it doesn't interest me, it must not interest anybody. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's just... Exactly. Know. And then there were there was the, the other half of... of uh, of people who had tattoos, who when I told them there's going to be a tattoo artist here, Yee Day, yeah. they were they were absolutely thrilled. They were like, "I I will be the first one there." One of them was Bull, and he was the first. One he there, was the first one there. Yeah. He told me he was like, yeah. "I'll be the first one there." I, already I was got trying to set out. up, and he was already like trying to sit down in the chair. Yeah, he <laughs> was. Give me a minute, Bull. <laughs> yeah, and so there was a lot of uh, there were you know some of the musicians, and there was uh, some of the so there's one half who was like, "Absolutely, I'm so stoked." And yeah. The other half wasn't like doubting it, or that what they weren't negative, but they were like, "Is anybody really going to get a tattoo?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "If I have a spare half hour, I'm there." Yeah, you know, but I, I you did. I mean, you saw. Yeah, I don't have. I think I saw you for two minutes, and you brought me like a plate of nachos. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was trying. You guys were working Dude, so those hard. Nachos were good though. They yeah, had brisket every, on them. Oh, yeah, that's so that's one of the things that is a draw. There is there's there's food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to do, and it's just a it's just a cool uh, community, and all the. All the it artists. really is. It really is because it's like famous influencer people, but they're all like rednecks and stuff. So they're not like acting like influencers. Yeah. It was more like old friends meeting up, people forming new friendships. Yeah. Everyone's joking around and interacting with one another. Humble. But then people are also like driving monster trucks through ponds, yeah. and there was like mudding. Oh. And one dude brought a kayak and was fishing in the pond. Right? <laughs> Nothing surprises me. <laughs> was not. He either. wasn't even interacting with yeah. anyone else. He was <laughs> just, just like out there. And I'm sure it's like it's probably a great YouTube video. Like I, I fished the farm pond, you know. Um, so you're at home scrolling Instagram. Mm-hmm. Duper had really, honestly, had like so Iron Right South in Georgetown had only been hoping a couple months at this point. And so he was like sponsoring ads on Instagram. And you saw a sponsored ad for Iron Right South. Is that correct? I was, yeah, I had, well, before that, I had Googled like because I don't, shops yeah, me, so and saw that that one, uh, the Iron Right South was right down the road. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, through, Probably through yeah. the algorithm stuff. Uh, yeah, it's funny because you hit Duper up from your personal account. Yeah. Okay. And and this is no offense to you, Caleb is not an influencer. Okay. Negative. His personal account has you know a couple thousand followers. Something Does like it that. even? I don't know. I don't even. I don't know. Know. It's, it's private, so it, it's <clears> well, like. So you hit Duper up and was like, "Hey, like I'm a warehouse manager at EE. Um, we're kind of trying to start a relationship with a local tattoo shop and Duper is not like, uh, I don't want to say like, he's not like outdoorsy, but like, I, I know who Granger is. I know what he was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Duper like has no clue. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he listens to like suicide boys, like, not, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> so he hit me up, was like, Hey, do you know anything about this? Have you ever heard of this company? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I have like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, why don't you go look at E's like actual Instagram page? You know, and it's so he did and message me back, and he's like, "Oh uh, yeah, I think we should do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we should." But so you hit him up and was just mm-hmm. like, "Hey, Yee Day's coming up. Do you want to come tat?" And then Duper hit me up 
because I knew who you were. I knew like what the company was and then asked if I wanted to tag along basically. And that's why I say it's kind of funny, our friendship, because like, it's just dumb luck that you hit up Duper and it's just dumb luck that he asked if I wanted to tag along. You know what I mean? Well, then me and you really hit it off. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and now we talk all the time and our wives talk all the time and we have dinner besties. together and stuff. Yeah. Basically yeah. besties. It, um, it was the best. Uh, <clears throat> it was more than what I had, uh, had asked for. And like, and you know, it was really a blessing yeah. meeting you guys, everybody who showed up and everybody, Nate the great, Everybody, dude, Ham. Everybody was. Great, dude. Uh, yeah, Ham was stoked. Was so cool. Ham was like a like a deer in the headlights the whole time. Dang. He was just like, oh, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just saw a Granger. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, dude. Like he kind of owns this thing. Like he's definitely <laughs> here, bro. <laughs> Everybody's was it was just amazing. It and was it, cool. Uh, I and wish me, me and Nate would go outside and just stand and be like, I know them. I know them. I know them. You like, mean Ham? I wasn't there. Oh yeah, Ham. Sorry, and and be like, uh, we would just turn and be like, dude, we do not belong here. Like this is pretty crazy. <laughs> you but know? you were the, in my opinion, you were probably, I would say, selfishly, the biggest draw. Well, but touching on that, um, we definitely proved the haters wrong. Oh yeah, we were slammed all day. Like we actually didn't even really get a chance to go out and meet people and stuff. We were tattooing like back to back, and so that's cool because. You know, you did sort of, I don't want to say like have naysayers, but you had some, some doubters, some doubters. right? Yeah. There were some doubters. And um, I think it could not have gone better as no. far as how many people actually wanted to get tattooed. I don't think we even got to everyone on the list. I don't think so. And um, <clears throat> Parker had said, he goes, when I left at like 1030, mm -hmm. they were still tattooing mm -hmm. people. I think I was the last one there um, because uh, Dale yeah, Brisby. Yeah, Bris Brisby. Br I always say Dale Brisby because like the the D messes me. Dale Brisby. So the uh, Radio Time dudes, like he, him, and like a bunch of like three of his dudes, and they were all getting tattooed. Yeah. Um, and so I was like trying to knock out the rest of that little group when everyone else was packing up and heading home and everything else. It was. It was. Cr I felt so bad because no, no, no. We had I a kept great time. watching up. I, I, would, I would go do something because the Yee Day is uh, just amazingly hectic for me. Logistical nightmare. Yeah. I would imagine. I don't really have. There's like no spare time, but I would make a point to come back and check on y'all. Yeah. And it was there was always someone. Yeah. Uh, getting there was never like we literally didn't stop. I think I took like a thirty minute break in the middle to eat the nachos that you yeah. brought me. And then like in between tats, like whenever Ham was breaking me down, I would take ten minutes to go like walk around and see what was going on. Check it out. So. Yeah. It was cool though. It was a lot it was cool, it was a lot of fun. I was thrilled. <coughs> you guys did an amazing job and, and impressed everybody and it was just Well, was we're great. definitely looking forward to the next one for sure. You'll um, definitely be there. But yeah, more important than Yee day and making those connections and stuff like that and, and treating it like a uh, networking opportunity, which is really what it is at its at its core. Uh, but more important than that is, um, yeah, we, me and you have started a really good friendship that I, I didn't account for or think would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was cool. hoping, I was hoping, you know, that because yeah. I, I, I'm a little weird. I can be a little, I don't know about off-putting, but like, what is no. this guy about? And I yeah. was like super uh, enthusiastic about like when I contacted y'all. I was like, it's going to be, I think it would be amazing. Yeah. I think it would be great for y'all. I would absolutely love it. So I was probably coming off. Uh, yeah. No, no. I, it was, if anything, um, 
I was impressed because there were so many big, famous, important people there. And at no point did I feel like we weren't um, like a priority or being taken care of or like made to feel as important as people that are there that literally have like a million followers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we were we were given the same level of importance and that yeah, like that, felt really good to that me. That makes you know? me feel good because yeah. you guys were you guys were uh, I was constantly trying to make yeah. sure you're all are OK. And obviously everybody else as well. But <clears throat> well, it's funny because at, at E day, I was talking to Heidi. Um, mm-hmm. I was sitting out on a bench smoking a cigarette or something and she was outside just getting some fresh air and I was telling her how alien it all felt and I was like you have to understand like as tattooers um to people that are not in the industry like we're, we're we're a big deal like obviously we know we're not a big deal but if we do events we go to you know uh tattoo conventions things like that like we're the star of the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it was weird for me to be in an event where like, I'm a nobody. Like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole here. You know what I mean? Like I'm bait fish in the ocean. Like I'm not a big fish in a small pond. You know what I mean? And it was a really weird feeling. And it was cool though, because it put a lot in perspective for me. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, so I was talking to Heidi about that. But you and even, you know, Granger stopped by, Parker stopped by. Everybody stopped by throughout the day to make sure that we were taken care of. And and that, that was cool. That was very welcoming, you know. Like we didn't feel alienated, outcast or like we weren't supposed to be there, yeah. you know. I'm glad you said that because I, I was like, I was super thrilled to have yeah. you. And then obviously, uh, unbeknownst to to. I don't want to call them the doubters, but they were they were they were doubters a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. But that, I think that's they fair. were they were totally shocked. You know, they were every single influencer, every every single person wanted to come over and yeah. at the very least check it out. And For we're sure. super surprised. I about think it. we'll have to give them more to check out next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we'll have yeah. it set up a little nicer. And a maybe nice have more sign. signs. Yeah, you know. I felt I I had that big piece. It was a big piece of perfectly pristine like white cardboard on this one side and my <laughs> idea was to like bring it to you and go could you draw something on this that says yeah. like, tattoo shop and i was like that's dumb they won't want to do that <laughs> and it would have been an amazing idea because i think like i said i'm just gonna make like a sandwich board or something out of wood that can just be folded out and set up with like a hand pointing or something i you think know? that would be awesome yeah. and i i really looking back there's so many different things that i wanted to do to kind of although i didn't need to yeah i mean like it was just, it was its own draw. People but were walking was, out, getting tattooed, going, you gotta get it. It was your first time having tattooers there, but mm-hmm. it was only the second EE day period or third? There. Because I know like COVID messed some stuff up. There's like a, there was a, uh, it's like the second fish everybody there EE day. Okay. And then um, I think, I think they kind of celebrate Holler maybe as the first, whatever. I'm going to mm. get that wrong. Two of them I've done okay. there myself. I mean, with everybody. Yeah. And uh, so there's still like, it's not like the tenth one. Like no. they're still figuring out. Yeah. It's going into yeah, it. Yeah, and it's, it's 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 evolving. There are things that we uh, that we didn't have this last year that we had the year before for good reason, you know. And just like, oh, that doesn't work. Well, yeah. It's gonna work. And I think that was part of the hesitation. I guess well, and I, but I, I think that's also the benefit of the fact that they're willing to take everyone's idea in. Yeah. It's like, let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. You know? Absolutely. And that, like I was saying, the Smith boys are very open to ideas. There's not a, uh, 
th- it's not the attitude of like, well, I didn't come up with that idea, so yeah. I'm not going to push that idea. This is my company, so only my yeah. idea. Yeah, no, they're very yeah. good at like, you think so? All right, if you think so, I mean, yeah, and let's then, try it. Yeah, they're very, <laughs> they're they're very trusting in that in that way. So let's backtrack, okay? Because to me, you're a lot you're a lot more than just a guy at EE. All right, I would say uh, you're kind of Granger's. I'd say you're kind of like a little sidekick, honestly. A sidekick? You're, you're way more than like a warehouse manager. You're kind of the right-hand man that runs around and gets everything done. But a lot of history happened to get you to that point. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about, um, I know you've got some cool stories from the road because you were a musician way before you took this role on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I want to hear some road stories because I know you've been – Arrested a couple times. Let's see, I was actually never <laughs> arrested on the road. Okay, uh, but I came very close uh, a couple of times. Well, the man you are today is not the man you've always been. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. It was. It was uh, that se- that season of my life was was uh, probably one of the most difficult. And so I had a, a brother pass, <coughs> Noah, number three, three oh five. Mm-hmm. And then Levi four oh five. And you are five of five. Right? I'm two of five. Two of five. Second oldest. So the one immediate below me and then below him passed. Six months, eight days in between. Yeah. And so Noah passed. Six months, eight days later. Around there, uh Levi passed and then w- was about to get evicted from my apartment so i imagine noah passes and like the spiral starts mm-hmm. right yeah and the, then it was just like yeah. you know one thing after another after another yeah it was very it was uh it was a bad time and then levi passes yeah and then right after that we're about to get evicted from the apartment and dusty who's granger's drummer right now hit me up and was like hey there's a guy who needs a drummer Pretty soon, like ASAP, and uh, it didn't matter who it was. I, I had to take that. You know what I mean. And you were already drumming. Like, like how? What's your musical background? I uh, my dad's a drummer, okay. and I was just like his roadie for years. And then finally, at fifteen, I was like, I kind of like to try this. Yeah. And he had been waiting for one of the sons to be like, yeah. So I tried it for a little while. Stopped. At 17, I was like, I really want to do this. And then I started playing drums and then got into a couple of bands in Colorado uh, and then moved to Texas at 20 and, to play music and then started kind of playing. Yeah. And you moved. said uh, Dusty, right? Mm-hmm. I um, met Dusty when we were playing in the rock scene in Austin. Okay. So you and him had a pre-existing relationship. Yeah, we had ran of. into each other a couple times playing shows. Um our bands would meet, you know, at play, and we'd yeah. be like, good, "Good to see you, man," and yeah. all that. And uh, bro bands, yeah, yeah. He's just sure. a, he's just a great dude. But he was like, he, "This these guys need a drummer uh, asap." I remember texting or uh, Tyler at the time, managing, but he still does. But he's very closely managing right then. And I was like, "I can, I'm ready tomorrow." Yeah, I didn't were, have an option. Were you familiar with any of the material? No, I hadn't, because uh, it wasn't really. A scene that I had played in at all. Well, like country. Yeah, like yeah. the 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 Texas country scene. Yeah. I had what played. were you playing before that? It was uh rock, like indie rock in Austin. Kind of like like radio rock. 
Yeah, it was uh, weird. The name of the band was Language Room. Great guys. I still I love those guys. And we we played. Uh, it was cool because I was allowed to do a lot of different stuff on the drum kit that you okay. probably I couldn't do any other. Yeah, place in a more like traditional setting, right? Yeah, it was fun in that. But like, you do nothing but, you know, they pay your dues. You just pay. Yeah. I mean, we like never made any money, unfortunately. Yeah. That's a big part of it, man. I've yeah. never made a single dime. And mm -hmm. I played, I was in bands from high school until pretty much I started tattooing and we played all over. But it was like we were playing for the love of playing. Like it yeah. wasn't a job. Yeah. It was like you'd work your nine to five and then on the weekend we'd, you know, have a gig in Georgetown or something like that. We just played forward to it all gazebo week in Georgetown all the time. That's when you know you love it when yeah. you know you're not going to get <laughs> yeah. paid. Mm -hmm. But you one still day do it anyways. You start to get older and. Bills start piling oh, yeah. up, and you're like, oh, okay, like okay, I'm an adult now. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a high school kid trying no. to make my hardcore band work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, that that was what, because uh, it was a it was a new scene. They toured. Dusty had said that you know they're they're gigging regularly. They you know yeah. they pay. Um, so I had to, yeah. no matter what the amount of money was and no matter who the artist was, that was something I had to do right then at that moment. Now, do you mean you had to like monetarily mm, or do yeah. you mean like spiritually? No, you know, no, like... no. Everything was set aside. I just needed to make money as fast as possible. Gotcha. So I and went down. gigs, like you get paid that night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're like, it, it, it's like <clears throat> the, the Red Dirt scene is incredible. Texas country music is incredible because of the culture of the people of Texas. Like you will go to play some small town and there's a built-in crowd. The kids are going to the yeah. honky-tonk that their parents, their grandparents went mm -hmm. to. Yeah. There's no other. They're not necessarily there to see you. Exactly. They're there because it's Friday night and this is where the show is yeah. and that's what you do on Friday night. 100%. Right? So you'll show up to play music in the same vein as what would be there the night before or the night mm -hmm. after. So the crowd's kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. They're, they're there at the honky-tonk. They're going to two-step to whatever you're going to play. Yeah. Obviously, they like it more if your music is good. But the, it's just amazing, and and uh, I I gotta hand it to you the 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 culture of people who are fans of music in Texas because they're like we will be there. I mean, yeah. we would be playing which shows, is, which is crazy, right? Because not a oh, lot yeah. of other genres have that. No, because no. country yeah. has this weird built-in culture where mm -hmm. there's like specific dances you can do to yeah. it, regardless of what the song is and things like that. You, and you know? don't have to know the people. Yeah, you just get up there and do it. So, I mean, yeah, like, I've never been to a show where I didn't know who was playing and was familiar with their music. You yeah. know what I mean? I've never gone to a show just because, like, you know. I want to go to a show. But I feel like, yeah, but, but I feel like country fans can do that. Like, like, oh, like, well, we're going to the dance hall. It's 100%. Thursday and it's ladies' night, you know, and just yeah. whoever's playing, like, it's cool. We it's can dance to a, it, whatever. a vibe compared to, like, <clears throat> like rock or, like, metal or anything because you're yeah. going to see, like, one or two bands. And yeah, like, and even if you see, like, the openers, like, yeah. you're not there for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Rare occasion you'll find the opener to be, like, really good and they, like, blow up. But yeah. But I think uh Which is probably what is happens more. in country. Yeah. Right, you're not there for the band, but then you hear the band and you're like, "Oh, I actually do like this. Yeah. I'll pick up a CD. I'll buy a T-shirt. Whatever." Yeah, it may you're be. more yeah. likely to check them out. I think. Yeah, it is. It's the culture, and I think I've always said this, and some people believe it, some people don't. But I, the similarities between punk rock and this kind of country are so similar. Like that's your lifestyle. That's how you live your life. Yeah. And if if like a punk band was coming to play because they're punk and you're punk. You're going to listen to it and support each other. Yeah, it's the that same 
for this kind of country because it's like these are my people. This is yeah. this is what we do. These are our values, and you're yeah. gonna support them even if you don't necessarily it's know like exactly who it is. Yeah, city boys just yeah. putting it's on just a well, putting on a show. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> we would be playing a show. I remember one time I was setting up my drums, and someone walked up to the front of the stage and was like, uh, "What's the name of y'all's band?" And I said it. I'm like, "When do y'all go on?" I said, "This time." And they're like, "All right, we'll be here." I was like, cool. Didn't even know us. Didn't, yeah. didn't have to know us, but it was yeah, just really that was cool. enough. That was enough for him. So, um, okay, Dusty hits you up. Mm-hmm. You audition. Yeah, I like. I was it was there an audition process? They had oh, other yeah. prospects, or was it like there was? Audi- I had to meet them at Sound Lab. Okay, uh, in Austin. In Austin, which is a uh, a spot. Uh, <laughs> interesting. So went in is, there. Is that a studio? It's like a it's a practice spot. Okay. So it's it's just a uh, I don't even know how many uh black painted black rooms with uh that are small and then like there'll be like four bands in there mm. and they'll leave their gear. So you know, the room just gets smaller yeah. depending on who left their gear there and it's like um, five stacks of yeah. amps, you know. You, there would be like three drum sets around the room and then really? you'd have to set up your is but this time the room was empty at the very least. So that that cool. was good. Uh, I learned like six songs that they sent, and then uh, right afterwards, Granger came back in. You know, he's like, "Well, they, they said, all right, you got the gig. Uh, we leave uh, Wednesday. This was Sunday. Okay. So like, and, we leave and Wednesday. when they say leave, like a small tour was about to start, or yeah. So the in typically in in the red dirt scene, you will leave. It's the only scene in the world where you can leave on Wednesday. You're back Sunday morning. You have a couple of days at home, and then you go back. Yeah. Texas is its own little country, yeah. And you know they have they have, they do have radius clauses and stuff like that where you can't play super close within a certain amount of days for some artists. But for the most part, like we were talking about earlier, you're gonna go play this place. People are gonna be there. There's always yeah. an opening, and if you can't play that show that night, there's another band waiting to play that show. You know, so it's, yeah. And so, we had kind of talked about that at dinner the other night. We're yeah. like. To be a country artist, specifically country, you can make it big playing nothing but Texas. You yeah, know? you like can. Occasionally, you're going to want to hit Nashville, but you could literally just play Texas and, yep. and make it big. It know? was 95% Texas. We would hit Oklahoma. We hit Atlanta. We hit Nashville. We hit California. Uh, but it was all in Texas. So yeah. that's why you can do that. You leave Wednesday morning. Or Wednesday night or whatever. If you have a show Wednesday night, you're gonna leave Wednesday morning, depending okay. on where you're at. Leave Wednesday morning, and then your last show Saturday night. So you're back home uh, to bus call stop to get your car and head home. So you actually have a couple uh, days at home. I didn't have days off because I had to work. I went on tour with Granger from yeah. Wednesday morning. You still to had use, like a nine to five back yeah. home or what? Yeah, yeah. So I would get. I had Sunday afternoon, and that was it. <laughs> The Lord's Day Arrest. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. And then I had to go do electrical work from okay. Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. You've offered to do electrical at my house. So you are, by trade, an electrician. I am an electrician. Uh, I don't know why you said it like that. Well, I would say, I mean, because, <laughs> because I, I'm not a master electrician. I don't know yeah, my own yeah. business. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, They'll but be like, you could do electrical work. Yeah, I did it for 13 years. It was my... Uh, yeah, which is not a small amount of time. Like, that's, that's uh, good it's good time. Yeah, it's something. it's something I did. And I, was, and I was fortunate enough to work for a shop that did took every horrible job. <laughs> so I saw some of the... I got learned how to figure out some, yeah. some interesting problems. Okay, so Granger's like, cool. 
come with us. You go with them. Um, so now I think that would be a good time to maybe get into some of those uh, tour stories. Tour stories, yeah, some road stories. There was actually what one thing after the audition. Okay. Granger came back in. Like I said, it didn't matter how much money I was going to make. So yeah, I just like got twenty I got the, bucks is better than nothing. Yeah, right? yeah, I got the gig. He comes back in. And he goes, man, I think it was, I think it was really cool that you didn't ask how much money you were going to get paid. And I was thinking. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you were like, I almost for- I forgot that. Yeah, like- so he, he told me how much it was going to be. It was like per show, and like that was around the amount that I needed right then. We were yeah. going to hit the hit the road that Wednesday, four shows right in a row. So I had like two days to learn twenty four songs, um, and lead and lead the band. Yeah, because I had the I was the, the counting click, them the in, letting yeah. them know. You know, I would say. Uh, Superstitious 17, and I'd see the back of Granger's head, and he'd shake his head. And yeah. Like, Look at the next list. All right, the next song. So I had to immediately jump in there with those 24 songs that I didn't know and lead. So, so every show was kind of like practice. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. When you weren't like playing, that. like when you were on the road, did you have like a Walkman or an iPad, or iPod or Absolutely. something? You're just listening to the songs, still trying to memorize them? I was writing notes, and uh, I have them framed because they're all, it, it would be weird to read them. But when musicians would know like, yeah. what I'm talking about, but like, you know, you guys would get it. But it was like a V verse, and then like something to C help me. Chorus, so I'm yeah. sitting there reading these the first show, and the second show, third, fourth. Yeah. Um, like verse, eight measures. Yeah. Bridge. It was. It was as uncomfortable as it is. I sometimes that's when I do my best is when you, I have absolutely no option. Yeah. It was so it was trial by fire. Absolutely, because the audition they probably made you what learn like two songs. Yeah, it was like two to six. It was like I remember four songs off the top okay. of my head, but um, and even then you only knew them well enough for an audition. Uh-huh. And then he's like, "You're hired. We leave." And I mean, when was the audition? I know the audition was we, Sunday. We left Wednesday. We morning. left Wednesday. Yeah. So as twenty, I was sitting there. Listening to them, writing notes. Yeah. And then. And I have auditioned for bands as a vocalist, you know, which may be different because you have to learn words. I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is so much harder to learn a song when you're trying to learn a song than it is like if you're naturally learn one from hearing it on the radio. When you put it on, you're like sitting there doing something, whatever. Pressure. Oh, yeah. It is so hard to learn a song, much less 24, you know, (laughs) in a three day period. It was, it was a. Uh, process. Yeah. Was, I mean, I had no option. It was just like, here we go. And then, so we played the first show. And then on the way to the second show, um, I had my notes out, was listening to it. On the way to the third show, I was adding my notes out. It, it went that way, just trying to nail certain things because it was, there's starts and stops. And, yeah. And I literally counting everybody into the songs that I am playing for the first time in front of people. And it was, it was, it was definitely like a punk show. <laughs> Every yeah. single song, just like, one, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, road stories. Road Let's stories. Let's get into stuff you don't want to talk about. Uh, some of the biggest road stories. Well, Flagstaff would probably be the biggest road story. That was uh, that was that was. Uh, so we we went to Flagstaff, and everybody had seen a couple episodes of uh, Kalib, is what Granger calls. Okay. Or uh, Hyde, my Hyde. Yeah. And um, Caleb, Khalid. yeah, I get Caleb, Caleb, clever, yeah. So uh, we get to Flagstaff, and I'm in the mountains. I'm from Colorado. Me and my brothers were from Colorado, and uh, it just reminded me. So it, that day was like, some, it's 
probably not gonna be good today. Yeah, you just uh, woke up on the wrong side of the tour bus. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just uh, just everything was really super fresh. Cause, so it was like, oh, at the time of the audition, it was a month after Levi died. Okay, that so everything's really fresh. Yeah, it was uh, on the road that soon after something like that. I don't yeah. think is any place for any musician. Well, and and I mean, I'm sure a psychologist could really dig into like maybe that's why you were on the road. Like you were kind of trying to run from. Yeah, the reality of back home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and like I the 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 times that I wanted to fight people, I, it wasn't the people that I wanted to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get to Flagstaff and uh, we play the show, and afterwards, um, our keyboard player he's, he's a great guy. It wasn't on him that yeah. nothing nothing that ever happened on the road between me and someone else was ever their fault. I would love to be able to sit here and be like. No, they did everything. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, no, you, it was you, just me. You had some demons. Yeah. And some they, people were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. Everybody was collateral damage. Yeah. You know, they, they never did anything to me that would warrant the response that they got. But, you know, that you were, night. You were angry. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I was just bitter and, like, uh, uh, you know, lost my boys. They weren't just my brothers. They are two of my best friends yeah. and like mm-hmm. what I base you know you base your life off of these people there are five of us boys yeah and we were you know as tight as, as brothers can get so and you hadn't even given yourself a chance to process or more yeah or anything. I didn't I didn't have the opportunity it was like uh Noah's gone Levi's gone you're about, about to kick I'm out about to lose my apartment yeah, yeah. You better get going so uh, and at this particular show, there had been a couple different instances where I'd lost it, and uh, I lost it this time, and I broke my hand punching a Suburban. Grange just trying to, you know, calm me down as best as he can. We wrestle a little bit and everything like that. The cops are called later on. I talked to them, and they kind of let me go. I have no doubt because Granger was like, he's just going through a lot, yeah. you know. Probably but told he, him about your brother. Yeah, he had to actually call him. Oh, really? Yeah, but then was like, I just need somebody to talk to him, you know. But and then, so were you like drinking? Or I was back then? absolutely. I was drinking every single time that I yeah. could get a hold of alcohol Which just to that stop. Didn't it. make it any better. No, absolutely <laughs> not. It's just gasoline. Never does. Yeah, you know I mean? 100%. It's just, it was fuel for the fire, it. and that yeah. that was it. And. uh even though on the days where I'd be like, I feel pretty good today. It, that was a thin crust over yeah. this boiling lava yeah. that was, you know. Could have exploded any minute. Yeah. So um, did that kind of eventually lead to you being asked to step away from the band? Negative. It gets worse. Okay. So <laughs> we, uh, well, I broke my hand on the Suburban, and yeah. then we had uh, we had more shows to play. Yeah. Before we went back to Texas, and I remember calling my dad, who's a drummer, he's my musical hero, and I told him what happened. I punched the suburban. He goes, to "Break your hand." Like, yeah, and he goes, "I don't care. You're playing those shows. I don't care if you tape the drumstick to your hand. You're playing the shows." So I did, and uh, it hurt the whole time. And mm. we got back. That was bad. There were a couple more instances, and then and then it started to kind of get better. Was it your right hand or your left? It was my right hand. That's even worse. That's yeah. the symbol hand. Yeah. So it it was uh yeah, my hands hurt to this day from I don't even know. I don't remember half of the things why my hands hurt, but yeah. uh, it was very similar nights. Um we get back and then it starts to get better. Things are starting to go better. Even some of the bandmates were like, Man, I'm proud of you, you seem to be doing pretty good. And I was like, Yeah, I am doing good. And then 
found out that uh, uh, my wife at the time was not not a hundred percent. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that that we don't was need to go too in depth. Yeah. So that day, found out all that. Uh, communications and stuff like that, and then lost it. I was just getting on my way out there, and then uh, how, I got a how DUI. How long have you been touring at this point? I had been touring with Granger for a year and a half. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we're not still like two it's months right after. after the, no, no. Uh, but you still. So even a year and a half later, we're still kind of fighting those demons. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, just yeah. like at that at that time in my life was just yet another kind of like gut punch. Yeah. And, uh, and then you said you got a DUI immediately I just, after. Yeah, that? I thought uh, that day, that mm-hmm. day that I that day that I found out some stuff, I just went and was like, I'm leaving. I don't know why uh, I left, but I left. You know, was drinking, got uh, I got rear-ended in Abilene, mm-hmm. and so uh, like it kind of wasn't even your fault. It, it's like it's like it was supposed to happen. You know, yeah. you don't know why you left. Somebody literally hit you. You know, rear-ended me. Um, and I got out of the car. They got out of the car, and they were they were furious at me. Uh, and I was like, "How does that work?" <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but but uh, they were furious at me, and I was just like, "Not today. I'm yeah. I'm ready. Let's do this." And but it was it was it so was did really you fight him. I was going to, and uh, there's two of them, and I don't know why they didn't. It would have been easy work yeah. i was to i was not a, a drunk guy with uh, a broken to, hand yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was so I, I didn't have my hand broken at the time because i was yeah. doing better at that time but uh um, or so you thought yeah so i thought <laughs> yeah. but yeah it would have been light work for anybody i was it was it was not good but so i i get uh arrested and that was the day we were supposed to leave on a run mm. and so they had somebody come in and fill in and then and then uh you know they were like you're done, dude. Yeah. You're gone. Too much of a liability at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't. They had given me more than enough chances to kind of like step up and be the person I needed to be. But now something you had said to me previously in a conversation we were having is even through all this, and then you're sitting at home, you're wallowing in your own self-pity. Um, you said Granger was still really good about coming to check on you and you yeah. know, make sure you're okay. Like he still cared, right? Yeah. So we right after that happened... Well, right after that happened, uh, got fired from the road, and then they they had a actually Dusty was the one that came back on. Okay, and he's so, still there. Yeah, and drummer, he's still yeah. there, and he's still an absolutely amazing drummer and perfect for the spot. And uh, but he had like two weeks with another Texas artist, so Granger was like, "Would you be willing to come help us out for this time?" And so I went back there and finish those shows out so that they would have somebody until Dusty came on. Yeah. And that I'm proud about because I got to at least try and make something right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like maybe a, it was a chance to make amends. Right? Yeah, I had put them in a very difficult spot many times, that one being the biggest, and I was at least able to go, yeah, dude, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't going to get anything out of it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm not getting the job, but it was the right thing to do because they needed it and... uh I just I had to do something to try and redeem yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly, hundred percent. Because it was like I had done so many. It was just a, I was just a bad person. Oh, uh, well, at that time, at that time in that season. Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, I'm curious. You know, because especially with the level that Granger and the band is at now versus the level they were at even when you were in it you know which like he's 
gone through the roof, you know. Um, do you have any regrets? Do you have any, like, like that part of you that's like, you know, I, I do wish that was still me. I wish I hadn't done the things I did. Or are you, like, genuinely happy with where you're at? I'm genuinely happy with where I'm at because, uh, because all of that stuff led to um, the boys' pa- the boys passing. Obviously, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, yeah. But the boys passing and then um, the divorce and and all that led to me meeting my best friend and wife today. Yeah. Because I the reason I reached out to her was because she lost a sister to cancer. I lost a brother to cancer. So I we started talking about that. So all these different things that's, have led up to that's this. That's part of the reason you reached out to Well, she's also smoking hot. Uh, <laughs> you saw she had lost a sister to yeah. cancer. Then you checked out her profile. Yes, you yes. Like, okay. I was initially was like, I'd love to help out, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 100%. You and your wife is a beautiful woman, and she has a really beautiful soul. She really is yeah. an amazing person. She's um, she's she's a, she's a firecracker, but she's, like, on fire for the right things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, she... Uh, in order to deal with me, I was not better by the time we met either. Like yeah. I was, I was not kind of moving in a good way. But Gr- Granger did come stop by before that even happened. Granger would come by, um, and I was like homeless, living at a on a couch at the bottom of an office okay. that my boss had on his property. He just let you crash on the couch, kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah, I, and this was like an electrician boss mm-hmm. at the time. Okay. Yeah, I would literally walk out the office door, and the work trucks are right there. Yeah, and then go to work. And I called it my island. And Granger would stop way. by there, and yeah, he would come by and be like, "What's going on, man? How are you doing?" You know, he didn't owe me anything. Yeah, you know, and there was nothing I could do for him. Well, I, but I think that's maybe a testament to his character and 100%. the fact that, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that. He did value you as a friend, not yeah. just a drummer or not just like somebody that could offer him something. Yeah. Like he genuinely viewed you as a friend. Yeah, and he know? could. Uh, there was nothing that I could do for him. That that was one of the things that let me know that, you know, he, he's he's like a brother. It's like he would just come and talk to me. You yeah, know? and uh, and he didn't need to do that, but he would check on me, and 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 he's a good dude. And he would always tell me he would be like, "You're gonna meet someone." And they're going to be absolutely amazing. They're going to love you more than anybody's ever loved you. Yeah. And they're going to be there for you and all that. And I'd be like, sure, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Granger, look at me. Yeah. I live with yeah. my electrician boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I just live at this office by yeah. myself. Nobody's going to come out here and see me. I'm yeah. never going to meet anybody. Yeah. You think I could but... bring a girl home yeah, yeah. to my boss's yeah. couch? You want, you want to go look at the work trucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you how to weld. Yeah. It was, it was, but he always said that. And, uh, you know, that. And then but, he was right. Yeah. He was 100% yeah. right. He was trying to speak some life into you. You yeah. just didn't want to hear it at the no, time. No, I didn't want, I wanted to hear zero about life or success or, or happiness. Yeah, that's fair. Um, which, life happens, right? Years transpire. And at some point, Granger needs someone to manage the warehouse. Mm-hmm. The I had started kind of managing his property uh, before that. And then was kind of the, the farm. Yeah. Like, well, no, okay. no, his uh, his personal his personal property. property. Okay. And uh, then it started kind of working at, at the warehouse, and and then they they I was not a very good shipper, and I'll tell you why. 
How many I, packages went to the wrong house? It was more that it was more that there was a a, a smaller amount of packages that got out mm. under under Caleb's yeah uh, you know assignment yeah. number or whatever. Your productivity was yeah because I would be packing something and uh, like one case was like we'd all sit at these tables and everybody would get up and walk over and grab a decal. Okay. And I was like, this is really dumb. So I got uh, a box. And I opened the flaps up and screwed it to the wall and put these little dividers in there and put enough decals in front of everybody so yeah. that you wouldn't have to get up just to shorten the time. Yeah. I called it the belf. It was the box shelf. You're the, you've always been the idea guy more than the execution yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, right? like a, a, a <laughs> I fidget and I, I you know, I kind of. Yeah. It's called ADHD. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I have a PhD in ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> a PDHD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it, that, and then I just started doing that. And they were like, "Well, we have this warehouse manager, a position that's coming." And I was like, "I got it. It's mine." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we'll see." And Which like, is probably better suited to your skill set, anyway. You know? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not the best shipper, but if there's a if there's a problem uh, at the warehouse, I I can't walk by it. I'll, I'll circle back around and be like, "All right, how can we do this?" Yeah. So if people come to me with with this problem or this problem or it's a random issue. We'll need to get it, and then. You know, I'll try my best to get it. And and are you happy? Are you happy with your lot in life? Like, I am. Do you go to work and feel like everything happened because this is where I'm supposed to be right now? You know, hundred percent. I I love my job. I don't I don't have bad days heading to work. Like, yeah, it's the first job in my life uh, where I was super. Ex- I'm super excited heading to work every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- and I think that's really just like I don't care what anyone's job is what anyone's calling is you know you can be a trash guy working for the city right and if like that's where you're supposed to be yeah like it 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 just doesn't it doesn't feel like work you know what i mean yeah 100%. like when you're at home you're looking forward to going to work versus most people are at work looking forward to going home you know? yeah and and um there should be a delicate balance obviously especially if you're like a family guy you know yeah um <clears throat> but yeah and, and and you get to work with your best friends you know what i mean yeah i love everybody there yeah. and it and uh yeah it's just it's more than a job you know ye and ye nation and granger and everybody that works there there's we're all a part of something, and 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 I, I know it sounds cheesy or cliche, but we really are, and I absolutely love it. And all the connections that are made through mm-hmm. that are just awesome. And even if Case nobody, in ever, point, yeah, right? you are here on this podcast because of a friendship that started, because of a business arrangement mm-hmm. that started, 100%. because of ye, yep. you know, like, and that's how I can look back and go, I, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. You know, I I don't I'm not. I would never want to do those mistakes over again. Yeah, but, uh, but I would never want to undo grateful them. Grateful for I the guess. lessons that came from. The yeah, mistakes. you know, it's you, not like yeah. it's not like I would change anything. Yeah, or, or, or you know, people say, "Well, yeah. I would change everything if I could go back." And it's yeah. like, well, I wouldn't be here if all that stuff hadn't mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. I'm talking and, to you guys, and even if you were here, you might not be who you are. You 100%. know what I mean? I wouldn't be. You know, <clears throat> still be that lost, angry dude. Yeah, I fighting. You know, over be, his brothers and. I would be uh, dead or in prison, yeah. and I wouldn't have, you know, this amazing best friend that I have. Yeah, for sure. You know, who puts up with me more than uh, anybody ever has had to or should have to. Are you talking about Heidi? I am. Well, she has to. Yeah. Because 
you um, forced her to procreate. With I you. did. I did. We have a we have a we have a baby boy, yes, the hooligan. You spread your seed, and now yes. she's stuck with you. Yes, I initially was like, "No, get off me! I've got I've got a brain." But she it's didn't dirty. Want yeah, yeah. It <laughs> uh, prospers. Right. I was telling Nate because Nate, I think you guys, your kids. Um, he has a son, Luke, who's five years old. Okay, oh, we got to get him together. Nate. Well, yeah. I need you to know. That you know how Prosper in a new environment is just off the walls, right? Uh-huh. That's Luke in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So if they get together, like I think, uh, do you remember Taz? Oh, Tasmanian yeah. Devil? I think yeah. it would just be like tornadoes oh, yeah. around the house. And I think they would have the best time ever. We need honestly. to get them together and yeah. just watch in a, like a, a, a concrete bowl. Like a skating bowl. <laughs> so we can't get out of everybody. You know? yeah. Yeah. So we're safe for everybody. <laughs> we just watch Some them. They, yeah. they can't climb the walls. Yeah. You know? All right, do it. All three of the kids. Put a glass top on, you know, and just <laughs> let them go to town. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, so I had an idea, okay? All right. I'm going to need you to pitch this. All right. And this might not go anywhere. Bring it. So people listening to it, you know, uh, sorry, because it's probably not going to go anywhere. Not with that attitude. Obviously, you know, it'd be cool to have Granger on, right? Uh-huh. That's too obvious. Gotcha. Okay. I want to have Earl on. That would be. I want an hour of an Earl interview. And I want you to pitch that for me. I will definitely pitch that. I will pitch that. Like I said, don't be surprised, everyone out there. If it doesn't go anywhere, that's okay. He's a busy guy. Well, Earl's not. Granger is. (laughs) I see Earl every once in a while. But I want you to let him know, like, at no point do I want to speak to Granger. Okay. At no point? No. All like, right. I Done. want like him to Full come character. in in As character. Earl? Yeah. Like I want to interview Earl Dibbles Jr. for an hour. I will let him I will let him know. And Earl uh, is harder to get a hold of than Granger. Well, yeah, but I feel like if you asked Granger, he could get a hold of Earl. <laughs> he does yes. know him better. He does know better. He's got yeah. he's got all of his contacts. They got a it's yeah. like a, a red phone, like the old Batman, you know, like a direct yeah. line yeah. to Earl. It's only it's a camo phone. Yeah. <laughs> Tribal <laughs> drawn on top. Yeah, yeah. it's a real tree. Barbed wire yeah. going around it. And I would even go as far as to, uh, I will make sure that the tribal is done correctly. Ah, uh, see, know that would I mean? be, <laughs> let them know, hey, the tattoo is going to be up there, and it's got to go all the way around. All right, we can do it. Yeah, let Earl know. Uh, we are, we're coming up on an hour. We're not quite at an hour yet. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly an hour. You know what I mean? It can be whatever. Just cuts off right yeah. there. I'm just like, so if anything, we're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. you said an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the rules are rules. Yeah. This is a dictatorship, the Gestapo. Um, do you uh, you got anything coming up you're excited about? Anything that I'm excited about? I mean, it's it's so the launches are always yeah happening. Is there so I summer launch has already happened so is now as soon as the launch happens, does everyone start preparing for like like are you guys already working on fall? Yeah, I. Even before the launch, that's about so when when like let's say summer launch happens, yeah, I've already started to work on like winter for fall, yeah. Okay, it's it's weird. Um, it's the first job I've ever had to do this much preparation, yeah, and planning. Yeah, you almost have to like see the future. You have to be like a fortune teller. Yeah, yeah because the lead times on packaging and stuff like that is is crazy. I don't. And I, I bet manufacturing is like months uh, out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Parker handles that. So amazing! It, some God. of the stuff is a year. Shout out Parker. That, yeah, that must be a nightmare. I, I, I don't, I don't want any of that. I mean, he handles <laughs> it. He handles it so good. Some of the stuff he, he'll look at samples. It, it, it'd be like uh, you know they record Christmas movies 
like yeah. way before Christmas. You got to get into yeah, that yeah. attitude. Yeah, like in July, and they have yeah. flour on the ground to look yeah. like snow and stuff. <laughs> got to get into sweating. that mode yeah. a year or half a year in <clears throat> advance, and he does a fantastic job. I. That's actually something we can discuss with wow. Nate because we kind of had our own opinions, and I think it'd be good to have a third party in on this if you want to discuss the USA made versus, yeah. you know, like cost effectiveness. Nah, Is that something you'd be comfortable talking absolutely. about? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because it's a frustration. Yeah. Point. So uh, I'll, I'll let you sort of prose the question. The uh, s- There's like, you know, the whole the made in USA. Mm-hmm. Made in China. I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack, but I'm just going to say it out there. Um, if there's something, if there's something made in the USA, I am very proud of of that. Um, but if the price point goes up so much to where it's out of the reach of like the people that we love, then, then distribute I'm, it. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and it uh, it just it. I don't have a problem with it you know, being made in China if it's available to people. Yeah. And, and if it's still, like, a, a high-quality item. Right. Yeah, you know? it needs to be the right quality. But there's a, if there's a, a good quality that you can get a hold of that's not made in the USA, I'm going to catch so much flack for this. But I want people to be able to get a hold of this stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. It, you it's could the get difference a, between selling a handkerchief for $10 versus having to sell it for 35 or $40 yeah. just to be able to say it was made in the USA. Mm-hmm. So the question really is... Do you think people will care more, especially now you have to think about the community? It's a very patriotic community, very pro-America community, right? But do you think it's more important to that community as a consumer to have it made in America or to have it be affordable? And that's the catch-22, right? Because it really is you can have one or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is the difference between a $30 handkerchief or a $10 handkerchief. Yeah. So do you think people would be willing to spend an extra $20 on this kind of innocuous, just kind of filler item to say it was made in America? Or do you think people would be more likely and they would sell more of said handkerchief if it was an affordable item, even if it was made in China? I got you. Um Honestly, if if it's for the people, I don't really see a problem with it being made in China. Um, is it like a legal thing you have to put that tag on? I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think that I think imports have to have that on it. And it, it. Okay. The problem I have is if it puts it at a uh, a price point that is just unavailable to the average person. That's where. That's where I have a problem, and I'm kind of disappointed it in factories. If you want to make stuff here in America, make it to where Americans can get a hold of it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I don't want. Yeah. I, if, if we're I the target audience, yeah. we should be yeah. able to afford it. Hundred percent. Right? You know why so many different things are being made in China is because they're affordable to people. Yeah. yeah, American companies should be looking at it and going, "We should make the best product possible here in the U.S. and not charge so." Much for it. If we want, if we want Americans, well, to have China Americans has made, no uh, minimum wage. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why they're so cheap. They can pay a worker three dollars yeah. a day. You know what I mean? We should be so proud of American made that we make it yeah. something that the American can get a hold of, and that's where that's where my 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 problem is because I want be able I want the average person to be able to get a hold of it. The average person isn't going to pay fifty dollars for some bandana or something. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it also comes to the the correlation of like it just not being like a brand. It's like uh, like a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you want it to be affordable for those people. And I think I don't think they would really like care as much. Yeah, and see, I'm kind of in that same boat because I think there will be people that care, but I think it'll be such a minuscule, small subset versus the blue-collar workers that got a bandana that they can afford and actually keep mm-hmm. it in their back pocket. Because yeah. the people that are going to be rocking the bandana are the people that are building a goat fence and pulling it out of their pocket to wipe sweat off their forehead. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think they genuinely care at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I I might be wrong, you know? And I think a lot of people are more likely to say they care than to prove it with their actions or their wallet. Yeah. Because you walk into the most patriotic dude's house and I guarantee you 95% of the items in that house are made in China. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. And even you know, we were talking about it. Like, you pull out the bandana you have mm-hmm. in your back pocket that you bought. You most know likely, it says made in China on it. Most likely know? at Walmart. Yeah, because those are one of the most affordable. Yeah, you uh, like handkerchiefs. Or you go a pack over there. of them or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. So the person that I I want it to be available, the person who wants to go to Walmart to buy a bandana, you need a bandana. You're gonna go grab it. You're gonna buy it, and it turn around. You know, you bought that because it's affordable. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Hundred percent cotton. And you're going to go buy it because it's affordable. Yeah. Yes, it says made in China on it. But the person who is doing that job, who who only makes a so, certain amount of money, I don't want to make it to where, you know, someone can get, they can get it, but it's $50 or something. Like yeah. That. That's ridiculous. Because yeah. now it's this weird artisanal item that you're selling uh-huh. to the wrong crowd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They're, because at the end of the day, like, Yee is a blue-collar company. 100%. Made for blue-collar people. Yeah. You know they're what I'm saying? They're hammer swingers. They're out there yeah. doing a job. And, and I think the risk you run, and I might catch flack for this, um, but is turning into Carhartt. Where now it's a fashion oh, yeah. item, and it's ninety percent people that are not doing Carhartt stuff are the ones wearing Carhartt. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I looked at their pictures, and it's like <laughs> none of you yeah. have a it's oh, fashion now. day job. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know? want to look? Nobody's out there like welding in Carhartt. No, you know no, they're no. like I don't know baristas and stuff. Yeah, you know. It's like I, I bought I bought for our wedding. Uh, There's a very very awesome looking denim shirt. It's called Wabash. Okay, it's the, the print. I hope I'm saying it right. But W-A-B-A-S-H? I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the print. Yeah. It was awesome. So um if you look for that shirt, that kind of print and denim, it's like three hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. I'm a, not gonna spend that kind of no, money on it. I yeah. think a, a good pair of boots is about the only thing I'm willing to like invest a couple hundred bucks in. Yeah. Everything else, like I'm cool with the Wrangler stuff from Walmart. Yeah. I'm cool, you know, like Yeah. I and I found that shirt, that pat is a pat that kind of pattern shirt. Um from China, yeah, for thirty dollars. I didn't have the money to spend three hundred and eighty dollars on a denim shirt. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. It is. And the kind of people who, the kind of people who will wear super expensive stuff to make it look like they work. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. You're not. Well, it reminds me of um, in high school. Okay. Yeah. When Hot Topic was a big thing, mm-hmm. and like it, you, it would be like a ninety dollar pair of jeans with like rips and holes in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's manufactured like punk, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's yeah. it's a big company trying to look like a grassroots punk thing, yeah. but they're charging a hundred bucks for a pair of jeans, you know. And that's kind of what you're talking about is like 
a four hundred dollars shirt investment to look like a blue collar dude with no money. Yeah, it's like working living ridiculous. paycheck to paycheck. I don't yeah. understand it. You know? Yeah, I don't. And I only wear it like a couple times. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it you know, it like it still has like the folding creases in it. Yeah. this person literally does nothing with their life. You know, yeah, what I'm yeah. The, like, I, I that that kind of stuff bothers me. Like those expensive guitars that they will they'll wear it for you. Uh-huh. Negative. Uh, those those scratches are all going to be me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I weird. want that. I don't like that. Uh, Somebody with a block of sandpaper in the back of a, you know, some sweatshop, yeah. scuffing up jeans and guitars and stuff. That's not. That's not. Uh, that's not something I'm interested in. I want. Yeah. I love the authenticity of it. I want to see the scars yeah. that you created. Yourself. I agree, a hundred percent. So uh, that having been said, I would say write in, leave a comment on Instagram, DM us on Instagram, email us. IronWrightTattooPodcast at gmail.com. IronWrightTattooPodcast on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. I really am genuinely curious um, what people would would have to say about mm-hmm. the China versus the Made in America. Because Made in the USA is almost turned into a brand. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a high dollar brand. Like it's as soon as People know if they can slap that on their product, they could bump the price up 300%. Yeah, and don't be fooled by the people, because there, there are people out there who will, uh, it says, it will say certain things like assembled in the U.S. Yeah, 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 where they bought all the stuff from China, and I'm, then they just screen printed it, you know, yeah. in so, Killeen, yeah. Texas. I know? just, I want to be able to get uh, stuff that makes the, the average working man, working lady's life easier, yeah. with, a, you know, or fashion that they like, and I'm not going to break their bank. I, I would say the only caveat that I have is if it is actually artisanal, if it's actually handmade by the person who's selling it, I think it's justified for it to cost significantly Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. Work you know? is worthy of um, tire. Like Gibbs, uh, Gibbs that works here, him and his wife make tattoo aprons. Oh, okay. See, but cool. like she is at a sewing machine, like making these aprons. Yeah. She designed it, made the print, you know. So obviously I think that should be a high dollar. Or knives. Item. Knives, yeah. If someone yeah. makes knives, they make a sheath, yeah. Yeah, spend 600 bucks on a handmade knife, you know? Spend a 1000 bucks on a Damascus yeah. Bowie. That's sick, you know? But someone, it, you know, it's not like some assembly line in China, right? Like, And you're supporting the person that made it, you know? Yeah, if someone were to buy a made-in-USA item from Yi Yi, Yi Yi did not buy a factory and make that item. They yeah. still outsourced it to someone, yeah. you know we what I'm saying? We try and make everything as custom as we possibly can. Yeah, and but there's there are, limitations. Yeah, you know? it's like, we can make this super custom. It'll be 100% this or that. It'll be made right down the road by a guy we've known all of our lives. It'll yeah. It'll be $100, you know what I mean? Like, For sure. If it's it's the I really do struggle with that making something inaccessible to the people that we want to make it for well and i think maybe at the end of the day it's we have to ask ourselves if we care too much about the wrong stuff right yeah Mm -hmm. because if you have a denim shirt that lasts you for 10 years that you spent 40 bucks on and i have a denim shirt that lasts me 10 years that i spent 300 bucks on like who's really the sucker (laughs) yeah you know yeah, I mean, like from a logical standpoint, I would 100%. say like you got a lot more value from oh, that yeah. made in China shirt than I got from my made in America shirt. Your return on investment, you know, <coughs> I know, I I know that there, you know, that whole ten dollar head, ten dollar helmet. Yeah, I get that. You know, you got to pay, you know, for something to be as good as it can be. But there's a there's a point where there's what is it, diminished returns or whatever. Like yeah. at, at, after a certain point, like I love acoustic guitars. 
I will never buy a fifteen thousand dollar acoustic guitar. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. At some point, yeah. I feel there are guilty. literally five hundred dollars. Yeah, that sound just as good. One hundred percent, and the tones in the hands, and like if you're playing a fifteen thousand dollar guitar and you're singing a song that I can't identify with, it's gonna sound bad. Yeah, you know. Or yeah. if you're arrogant, I'm not gonna <laughs> listen to it. If you're playing a two hundred dollar, one hundred fifty dollar guitar, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're telling a true story and you're being honest, and it's it it could be on the crappiest guitar on the planet, I'm gonna pay more attention to you. Because it's authentic. That's true. And it, but there, that whole, like, it's not authentic if it's not made in the U.S. That's not true. These, you know, I, yeah. that that just bugs me. But, you know, there's a lot of. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because at the end of the day, I don't think there's enough grassroots people supporting American-made products that we're sending any less money to China. I don't yeah. think it, it, it is even remotely having an impact on the Chinese economy. No, and uh, you know what I'm saying. People got to want to work. All more. I'm doing is throwing away more of my money. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like you know, if you want, give Americans jobs. Yeah, uh, to to make it in America. Yeah, and Americans who gets those get those jobs. Don't be asking for twenty five dollars an hour at nineteen years old, and you yeah. want five weeks paid vacation. You got to get it's there. It's a job. You yeah. know what I mean. You got to work for it. Yeah, but, it's a journey. So that's it, why it's called a job. Yeah, not a vacation. You know, yeah, it's not gotta, called. Oh man, I gotta go to super happy fun time today. Like, no, it's called work. <laughs> yeah, it's you work. Know? <laughs> In the end, I want to give someone a really good product that they can afford. Yeah, now, there are things you have to shave off on the way. You know what I mean? In order for it to be really good, it has to be a certain price point. You know, in order for it to be affordable, it has to come down in here, and then yeah. meeting it in the middle. And those people are like, I won't buy it if it's not made in the U.S. Well, that's awesome. You m- you must have a good amount of money. You know, to yeah. spend on that stuff. I know the average person walking into Walmart buying not the most expensive food for their kids. They're not looking at it going, oh, "Well, I'm not going to get this because it's not made in the USA." Yeah, they're doing whatever it's is good organic. for their family yeah. at that point. <laughs> you you know? know what I mean? And sometimes you have like I had they're four like, brothers well, growing up. You could have groceries and electric, or you can just have yeah. groceries. What do you want, kids? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I never heard uh, my parents talk about how they were like, "Well, we took all five of you boys into get clothes for school." But we only bought Made in America. Yeah. No, no you did what you possibly could to make no, a No, what happened happen. was three of the boys got clothes. Two of the boys got hand-me-downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my, yeah, all of my, <laughs> all of my, uh, all of my jeans looked like super boutique. Yeah. Like they were worn. Because they'd been worn yeah, by four my other older brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. That's all you gotta do is get, buy a pair of jeans, have another human wear it for a year, and then pass <laughs> it down to another human, and then they're chic. Fair. Well, we are, we're at an hour and a half in the podcast. I think we're transitioning into the question and answer portion, which means we're about to say goodbye to the venerable, the one and only. Do you have any parting words to leave the listeners with? Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely love this, and you guys are fantastic. We love you, brother. Love you. Yeah, Excited to continue our friendship, mm-hmm. our business deals, all uh, of the above. Absolutely, Got many more things to, coming. Yeah, we'll we'll try to plan a barbecue or something where both you guys can come out at the same time, so Heck Prosper yeah. and Loot can play. Mm-hmm. Buy a, yeah, by the skate park. Yeah, yeah. get in the bowl. And get we'll, in there. We'll just drain a pool. Hey, yeah, we'll go to a public pool. Hey, and drain yeah, it, all right, y'all get after <laughs> yeah. it. If I mistakenly tell Prosper that, he's gonna be like, "When are we going to?" The yeah. Pool? <laughs> 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 <coughs> Doesn't get sarcasm just yeah. yet. Yeah. No, not yet. Well, we love you, brother. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short ad break to answer some questions.
Hey, Josh here. Just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Iron Right Tattoo podcast, it really helps us to beat the algorithm with likes, comments, and shares. If you haven't subscribed already, please do that, and don't forget to hit that bell. And if you haven't already done so, please leave us a review. Thanks. Dude, I love Caleb. Such a I good do dude. too. Such a good dude. His whole family too. Really genuine people. I'm very happy to have them in my life and call them friends. You know. Mm-hmm. That haven't been said. Uh, it's question time. I was gonna say, um, I'm gonna buy some ye apparel as of now. <laughs> Let me just check out in my Hold cart. On. better yeah it just feels kind of weird because it's like on the other side yeah. of you than it normally is yeah that's so cool. my brain is like Ooh. <laughs> yeah um, all right so we put out the question card and you actually got significantly more than me this go around so you're gonna lead the questions today okay tight uh so this one comes from marcus it says why tip how much to tip etc and I'm assuming uh, doing to, like, tattoos and stuff. Yeah, tattoo tips. Um, I don't know. Like, I've always, I felt like, because it's, like, a service. Like, so, but it's, like, kind of more, it, not more important, but it's th- more There's personal. a tipping culture. It's definitely more personal. Um, one thing that's important to remember, like, tattoos are expensive. Do not mm-hmm. get me wrong. Um, but doing tattoos is expensive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tattooers... Uh, a large portion of what they make, not a majority, but a good portion of it will mm-hmm. go back to the shop. Yeah. Okay? So just because you gave a tattooer $200 does not mean they're taking $200 yeah. home. So that tip is something that they get that's just for them. Like the it's shop personal, gets no yeah. part of that. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> you tip, like as far as the wide tip, it's it's to show appreciation, right? Yeah. Um, I think it is because it is part of the culture. It's like a tradition mm-hmm. at this point. Um, as far as how much to tip... I can tell you, as someone who does tattoos, um, there is no set amount. Anything is appreciated. Literally, and I mean that, anything is appreciated. What I like to say about tips is it's never expected, but it's always appreciated, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And if you cannot tip, don't stress it. It's okay. It's okay. Don't feel bad because you didn't leave a tip, because you did just get a $300 tattoo. However, if you have an abundance and you can give from that abundance, your tattooer will appreciate it, regardless Mm -hmm. of the amount. Um, I'm not offended when I don't get tipped. I'm not offended if someone tips me $3, you know, because they tipped what they were able to. However, if you have a good experience and you go into it with the mindset of tipping, um, I would say on average, uh, what would be like kind of a standard tip would be anywhere from like 20 to 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, is usually I I tend to tip a minimum of like 100 mm-hmm. and I'll, you know anything like over that is usually something at like $20 for every like 100, 100 bucks that I spent. But I, I would be considered a good tipper and I mm-hmm. also do that because I'm a tattooer getting tattooed by other tattooers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like my example is not like the rule or anything there is yeah. no rule you it's know a what matter I mean? of opinion yeah but if you get a 200 hundred dollar tattoo and you want to throw them 220 or 240 or something like that they're going to greatly appreciate yeah it, you know what i mean 
you're kind of helping cover the supplies, the cost of getting the tattoo. That way, the stuff that they get to keep from the shop, like the stuff that's not going to the shop that they mm-hmm. get to put in their pocket, is actually like, it's all theirs. Like the yeah. supplies have been covered. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So tipping. Never expected, always appreciated. For sure. Even if it's like a gift or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, you know, like you're getting a touch-up for free, right? Maybe throw them a little tip because they still have to set their whole station up all over again and grab those supplies and everything else. Mm -hmm. And they're not charging you because it's a free touch-up. So like, yeah, a tip in that scenario would be greatly appreciated. But again, not, not a requirement. Not even expected. So another one that I thought was pretty interesting, um, your wife sent it in. Would you rather get a good tattoo from a bad guy or a bad tattoo from a good guy? All day, bad tattoo from a good Mm -hmm. guy. So much of getting tattoos and having tattoos is the experience. Yeah. You know? And if you have an amazing tattoo but it was a terrible experience to get that tattoo, you you don't get to enjoy the tattoo. Yo, hold on. Slight technical difficulty there. Okay. It was pretty sly. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, What are your thoughts? Um, I I would say the same. Uh, A bad tattoo from a good guy because mainly it's about the experience. Um, And, yeah, the tattoo lasts forever, but so does that experience, you know? And when someone's... That, that's what you recount, you know? Mm-hmm. You have a cool tattoo on your arm, and someone's like, oh, let me check that out. The first thing you're going to say is like, yeah, like that dude sucked, though. Like he, mm-hmm. was, he was like an asshole. He was complaining the whole time he had tattooed me, like whatever it is, you know? Like he was inappropriate. Like you're not mm-hmm. even going to be like, oh, yeah, I love it, you know? All you're going to do is be like, don't ever go there, you know? Yeah. This dude sucks. Um, and then you also meet some of the most interesting people through getting tattoos for sure and, and so like uh, literally the best friends that i've made literally short of cody mm-hmm. I, I are all through tattooing either they were clients or i worked with them or something like that mm-hmm. so a lot of those relationships can blossom into something more than just like a client artist relationship you know so i think it's really important to find a tattooer that you click with and you're comfortable with Way more so than someone. Because if you seek out someone who has 100,000 followers and they're super specialized and they're famous, like they're probably a douche. Like nine times out of ten. I said it. Get over it. Yeah. Uh, What's up? Uh, What is something you think everyone should experience in their lifetime? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, True love, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um. Uh, Heartache. I mean, how much can you know about yourself if you've yeah. never had a broken heart, you know? Whoa there. I mean, honestly, though. Can't the, learn how to love till the, your well, heart mo- is broken. The moments in life that shape you mm-hmm. are not always, almost never the good moments. It's the bad yeah. ones that shape you, you know? I know that's not the answer they were looking for. They're probably thinking like, oh, key lime pie you know yeah. like but uh but that that's a that's a good one because you can't have the bad without the good you can't have the good without the bad true um a good massage 
if you have never gone and gotten a massage from like a talented professional, you have not lived. Hmm. Like if it is a four foot eleven aging Asian woman where you can't even tell how old she is, mm-hmm. she's gonna give you the most intense, like spiritual experience you've ever had while laying face down on fake leather. I would say, would you say it would have to be in the mall or an actual parlor? No, it doesn't need to be in the mall. If anything, I feel like the mall detracts from the experience because now you're more concerned with like people walking by. Yeah, there's noises, you know, like, no, you need like the soft jazz like not even jazz like there's like this ambient music you know mm-hmm. there'll be like a stream trickling and then there's like a you know what you know? Uh, like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a humidifier in there putting out some essential oil aroma and then she opens up this little hot box fridge looking thing and mm-hmm. there's just these hot river rocks in it oh puts them on your back Ooh. yeah cloud nine man Heaven uh, is a place on earth. I would say for me, since it's relatively new and I want to do it again real soon, fishing. Yeah, I'll give you that. Everybody should catch a fish. Um, even if it's what what's the uh the phrase you're you're some, casting some days more you're, than fishing. Some days you're fishing, some days you're catching, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's why that, we call it fishing and not catching. Some days you don't get no bites. Yeah, and it's it's more the experience of, like, clearing your head. Yeah, because when you're um, out there in nature, the wind's blowing, the trees are rustling, you're looking at the water, all you're thinking about is how to get that fish to bite your lure. That's yeah. it. Nothing else matters. You're not thinking about the IRS. You're not thinking about relationship issues, you know, health issues. Like, all you're thinking about is, like, mm-hmm. how do I trick this fish? And, like, when we went last time, $140 pair of Nike Air Maxes I dirtied up. You know what? It didn't even bother me. You don't even care? Yeah. Just got to They didn't even fish. care. Just want that bite. Next you question. Know, let's see. Did you get any? Um. I told you. I told you. You're leading today. I know. I'm, I'm like two down. That's okay. You got like 10. Um. What are some of the signs God has sent you in times of wonder? Mm. Butterflies are a big thing for Mm -hmm. me and my wife. Uh, Every time we've ever been in a pivotal moment in our life, you know, we're making a big decision or or we're in a, a season of turmoil or something like that, you know, we'll always ask for a sign if we're on the right path, something like that. And every time without fail, butterfly i'll show Mm -hmm. up without fail the day we walked into the very first foster agency that we ever been went to like the day like we were officially deciding that we were going to go down that road and become Mm -hmm. foster parents and try to adopt a kid we were terrified and we said a little prayer in the car like we don't know if this is the right thing to do and as soon as we got out of the car there was literally just like a swarm of butterflies surrounding us and they like walked us all the way to the door it was crazy. And then we got in there, and the foster lady, <clears throat> naturally, like, tattoos get brought up. And she said that she only had one tattoo, and it was a butterfly. 
Like, yep, that's our sign. When are you going to get one? I need one. You Actually, do? I love butterflies. I would love to get a big, cool butterfly somewhere. Even in the back of my head. You got tight. space there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that's like, I think the second or third time you told me that story. And like, every time you tell me it, like, I can feel my eyes starting to tear <laughs> up. <laughs> Stupid. But yeah, like, it's a big thing for us. My wife just got two butterflies tattooed on her neck because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big thing for us. Signs and wonders. I would say for me was definitely um, the day my son was born. And a lot of the buildup was like anxiety of like, you know, a lot of thoughts like going through my head. Like, what if I'm, you know, not enough? And then me telling myself, no, I'm going to be enough. I'm going to do my best that I can to be like the best dad I can be. And And now those anxieties seem silly, right? Yeah, they really do. You're an amazing dad. You're more than enough. You are exactly what Luke needs. Um, I always remember this. Like, the first, when, like, because my son's mom had a C section. Okay. And as soon as he came out, I remember hearing him cry. It sounded just like a duck. (laughs) And, like, I don't know why. He low key still be sounding like a duck. Yeah. And I need a duck tattoo. Yeah, jump, jump, like excuse me, feet. <laughs> so goofy. I love him so much. Yeah, he's something else. Um, I think we got time for let's do two more because there was a couple more that you had told me that you got that I think were pretty good. Um, this one's another good one. Okay. Um, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose and why? It's only for a year. I'm assuming, assuming like brain cells still work. You're still able to have thoughts. Um, an airplane. Airplane. Yeah, you get to travel the world and see cool stuff. Yeah, that's a good you one. Know, I wouldn't want to be like a chair. Like yeah, you just like hold people's weight and collect farts all day. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, shoot, that's a. I think airplane airplane or, or the, something similar to that maybe you I, know, like a kayak or a ship yeah, like I something gonna, that gets to like experience the world you know i was gonna say like a ship like a cruise ship or even like um like a ship from like deadliest catch or something like a yeah, fisherman's that boat could be tight. Like that'd be tight and if it wasn't that then i would want to be like um a photographer's camera Oh, that's a you know? good one. Like yeah. something where like you get taken out, like you get to experience life, you know, and you're like directly involved in it. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say a movie prop because mm. think about it. You're, you're, But what if filming happens for two months and then they put you in a supply closet? Yeah, you but know? you have a year. Yeah, but eight, eight of, of ten of those months, you're just in a closet. Like your your use has come to an end. You know? And then you get to watch it when you come back. I feel I mean, like that yeah. could be kind of magical, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, I see what you're saying. It would need to be a prop that would be used on multiple productions. Yeah, but if you <laughs> told somebody, they'd be like, yo, this man's crazy. Yeah, that's true. You'd be like, I was Conan Sword once. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. I know. I know. <laughs> Stranger Things. Season four. Oops. Go ahead. Um, last question. See. We are we're at an hour forty eight. So last question. We'll wrap it up. 
Let's see. Let me pick another one. You know what? Let me pick. Pull up pull up the How important do you have to be to Ooh. be considered assassinated and not just murdered? So I actually know the answer to this. Um it's not is so it is about it is about importance. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a level. So an assassination is a murder that is done for religious or political reasons. Whereas a murder is typically done, you know, as like a crime of passion, you know, mm-hmm. either it's self-defense or love, anger, you know, hate crime, something like that. Yeah. So if a religious leader, if the Pope were to be murdered, it would be considered an assassination because the <clears throat> the obvious thought process is that he was murdered because he was the Pope, mm-hmm. not because someone, you know, not because he, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, same with like politicians. It's typically like assumed that the murder happens because of their status. Yeah. In in you know because if a politician was murdered by his wife, the mm-hmm. news would not call it an assassination because it's obvious that that's a crime of passion. Yeah. But if a president gets sniped while he's on the stand giving a speech, you know, mm-hmm. it's obvious that he was killed because he was the president and because of his ideology. So. It's not necessarily about importance. It's about motive. Yeah. Well, for example, I can think of two. Okay. They're both music-related. John Lennon and uh, Dimebag Daryl. Would you consider those assassinations? No. No? That's a murder. Because they were not political or religious leaders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, um, like Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. even though... It's commonly referred to as a murder. I would consider that an assassination because yeah. he was instrumental in spreading um, political ideologies, mm-hmm. you know, like social ideologies. He was changing the hearts and minds and the way people thought and the way they were going to vote, which is why he was killed. You know? Yeah. So I would consider that an assassination. Good point. Yeah, it yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. So I would say... It has to do with the motive, not the status, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, um, I don't know, Chris Benoit, the wrestler that murdered yeah. his family, he was super famous, really well-known, had a high status, but, mm-hmm. you know, or like O.J. Simpson, right? He didn't assassinate his wife. Yeah. And, yes, he, he did it. <laughs> he killed them. It's it's funny. He's still... He, it's not really funny, but like, I don't ironically, know he's that still he didn't do it. Yeah, he, like he everybody, still makes everybody jokes knows. about it. I know there was like an Cause interview because he, he literally got away with murder. Yeah, he probably like in his mind he's invincible, he's untouchable. Okay, he's like, I, I killed my wife, ran from the cops. Everybody in the country knows I did it, and I got away with it. I'm invincible, you know. OJ did it. I'm sorry. I would love, I would love to have someone tell me, in all honesty, that they don't think OJ did it. Do you think it would turn into a debate? Uh, Iron Right Tattoo Podcast at Gmail. <laughs> no, I don't, it's because they wouldn't, they wouldn't paragraph. have a leg to stand on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Everybody knows he did it. <clears throat> if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. On that note, peace. Later.